that is the golden question, Karen. So when I set out to build Element, I wanted to be, and this goes back to my nursing career. And as a nurse in the ER, you have to know a little bit about a whole lot of shit that's going to walk in that door. Being true to myself, I didn't want to spread my knowledge so far across all these different spectrums that I couldn't hone in on that one thing. So when I started Element, I did actually a lot of research as well on the dry bar concept. And I love the fact that I, as a, as, a, as a human, could have an incredible amount of knowledge about one thing and do that one thing really, 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 really well. And yep. when I set out to build Element, I set out to become the destination for facials. I love the passion. I love that you want to do one thing well. Coming from Google, that's mm-hmm. what they ingrained in our heads. Like, do one thing and be amazing at it. So, mm-hmm. Shantavia, I'm not going to talk you out of that. It's so rare where I get an entrepreneur on this podcast and they are solely focused on being an expert in one thing. Welcome to the iFund Women Show, where we are talking to one entrepreneur about one huge problem in her business, and we are going to help her solve it. I'm your host, Karen Kahn. My team and I founded iFund Women to help female entrepreneurs get access to the capital, the expert coaching, and the lucrative connections all designed to grow our ideas into profitable, sustainable businesses. Let's do this. Shantavia, I am in sunglasses, as you can see. Yes. This is really the height of my vanity. And it's actually perfect that we're talking to you today, not that you're in the vanity game, you're in the wellness game. and That's the, right. The whole self feeling good game. You know, I just think that whether it's bags under the eyes, wrinkles on the forehead, whatever it is, I just think it really speaks to your story and the beautiful life that you've lived and the fact that your skin has grown and progressed through all the things that you've grown and progressed through as well. So I always see it, um, you know, as a badge of honor, really. Um, And that's what we do at Element. We try to get our customers to really just start to create a different narrative for what the health of their skin looks like. So I love the fact that, you know, you have that awareness about your skin. Um, But also, I encourage you to just accept every phase that it goes through because it really just designs and creates who you are as Karen. And and I think it's really a beautiful thing. Ah, you're a love. Okay, so I'm so happy to have you here on the show because obviously I've known who you are for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And your business is... Whenever I look at your, whether it's stuff on iPhone Women or on your website, mm-hmm. I breathe a breath of fresh. Like I just like, I have an audible sigh when I was on your website today, just, just kind of tooling around. I'm like, oh, it's just relaxing. It just reminds me of a place I want to be. Mm, I like that. That's the same energy we want our customers to feel over and over again every month. <laughs> I know about you, but the people, I want the people to know about you. So tell us about the business, where it is, what your competition looks like, etc. And then let's talk about the problem that you want solved today on the IFW Show podcast. Let's do it. Yes, let's hop into it. So 
Um, a little backstory about me. I'm a nurse practitioner, entrepreneur, and founder of Element Skin. So Element is a modern botanical facial studio um, where we create destination for beauty and wellness to coexist. So for us, what that looks like is we offer bespoke botanical facials, clean beauty products, and community that inspires our customers, our community to show up as their best self. I started Element in 2019, um, walked away from my career in medicine because I just didn't agree with what um, traditional Western medicine was teaching us in regards to our skin health um, and how that translated over into self-care. Can we unpack that a little bit? Yes, absolutely. So what were you doing in the medical field and what was the thing that, you know, maybe it was multiple things that you saw that made you think like, oh, this is just wrong? Yeah, so I've worked, um, first I started my career as an ER nurse. Um, oh, wow. I bowed me, down to yeah, you. Thank you. Yeah, that is Jeez, stressful. Thank you. For real. And Very. what happened was at that point in my life, I started to realize how much stress my career was taking on my physical and mental health personally. So I decided, hey, I want to go and become a nurse practitioner. I'll be able to have a better work-life alignment and uh, work a better schedule, and maybe that will help some of the stress. So I did that. Um, and when I became a nurse practitioner almost five years ago now, I decided that I wanted to mix my interest in beauty with my expertise as a nurse practitioner in medicine. So I started to work at various medical aesthetic offices, plastic surgery, cosmetic surgery, um, all the things as it related to beauty in the world of medicine. So listeners, that was a signpost. When you are thinking about starting a business, you have to have domain expertise. And what Shatavia just described was just that. So please continue. And while we're on the subject, it wasn't just that domain expertise. It was also using my talents to fund my passion, which I always, always tell people. People want to quit their job so quick in order to go run off and start this business. And you can't do that. I didn't even stop working as a nurse practitioner until one year ago today. So... Not only did it give me that expertise and it built on my knowledge, but it also gave me a means to an end for something that I didn't believe in anymore, but a means to a beginning for a place where I felt passionate about completely redesigning the landscape. So you are mm. absolutely right in love that. Oh my God, said. you could be a coach. I mean, like, listen, <laughs> don't quit what you're doing because it's amazing, no. but like, yeah, everybody needs to hear what you're saying. You are literally. Thank so you. spot on. But to answer your question, um, I'm in medicine and, you know, what what was happening was I was seeing customers come in or clients come in for acne and feel like, you know, it was this shameful thing because this is what society is teaching us. They would come in uh, 19 years old and want a facelift because they want to look like some social media filter. Um, and they're just living up to the expectations of what society set for them. And what I started to see on the inside was how much much emotional instability that created, how much self-consciousness that created, and what that did to someone's mental health. And it was just a complete burden on these people. And at the same time, I started to develop my own interest in cleaner, safer approaches to skincare. And I took a bet on myself. I said, you know, I can always come back to the nursing world should I need that, but I want to go ahead and turn my passion into my career, and I bet on myself. I walked away from everything I had known in regards to traditional Western medical standards to doing what felt good 
not only for myself, but for what I knew would be an excellent outcome, a better well-being, and just a heightened self-awareness for the customers that I would serve. So totally just ditched it. I ditched it. And I said, we're doing something But you did it in a smart way. You worked that nine to five until you had the business up and running. And your business has been up and running, what, for you? Yeah, three three years years now? Yep. Three years. And you just quit your day job last year. I did. Just quit it last year, you know, and the business Good is, for you. Is, is going really well. Um, so started the business, was just me. I had a small loft, which ended up working out really well um, because it was a way for me to get into the market without um, overextending myself. So had a small loft inside of a women's clothing store, was just me. I generated a crazy demand for my services and it was just me in year one. I knew that we had to grow this thing. So- There's not a lot of competition here in Austin for the type of service that we offer, which is this bespoke apothecary style facial. And in this super vibrant and just like vibey, fun, different uh, setting. So we're not a spa, we're a studio. We're listening to fun music. We don't have doors. We don't close any uh, rooms off. We're talking. We're inviting people into the conversation of beauty. So it's an incredibly different experience than what people are used to, but it's also what the consumer now demands. You know, the spa industry is dated. It's old. We're this new, fresh kid on the block, and people love that. So you just said so many things that were fascinating to me. So you had a spot in someone else's studio to... Mm -hmm to get started and you were yep. booked solid book solid okay and were you making enough money to like live very comfortably and happily no way I was making enough money just to be able to support the business I just was making to be able to support just to support the business so to be able to so um, to be able to like supplies, rent your spot rent the space supplies. yeah rent the space so just the expenses of the business I was able to break even there but to be able to support myself. Just having the spot when you rented. Yeah. Like your first year. Yeah. Okay, got my it. First Understood. Year. Yeah. Yep. I needed to scale. So I'm in this space and I knew that there was a demand. So I said, you know, COVID hit, the pandemic hit, we shut down for three months and I'm from Ohio. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. I got a Midwest hustle that's unmatched. And when all these businesses started to shut down, for me, what I seen was an opportunity to come in, grab a space and set up my studio and really grow it into what I know that it could be. And that's exactly what I did. I found a spot, very, very walkable location, studio storefront, right in one of the most highly sought after neighborhoods in Austin, East Austin. I know exactly where you are. There's a lot of competition. There is a lot of competition. There are a ton of facial places. Ton of facial places, but there are no facial places that make you feel the way you feel when you walk into Element. There are no facial places that actually want to get to know you as a person, to establish rapport, to build trust, that actually cares. And I don't say this because I've created this. Oh, I believe that. Because I know it. It's it, the proof is in our reviews. All of our reviews, we don't ask customers to write reviews. We don't give them any incentive for writing reviews. But the common denominator is the way they feel when they experience Element. They come here for a facial, but they leave with confidence. They leave with inspiration. They leave with community. Mm. And that's what's important to me. That's what makes me so excited about scaling. Because, yes, I was able to grow the company from this small loft into the studio that we have now. But what I know about growth is that growth and scaling aren't not, they are not linear. I'm a thousand percent confident in my ability to grow my company. So hiring, bringing in more inventory to grow our sales. But 
because growth and scaling aren't linear, I know that if I want to scale, I really need to increase our revenue and our profits without a substantial increase in our resources. So being mm-hmm. able to grow without bringing on too many more expenses. And I feel like, you know, for me, that that's the key. That's that, that's the entrepreneurial yeah. vehicle for magic. And I'm to the point now where we're ready to do that. We, we are ready to do that. Okay, so a couple questions. So how many people, humans, work in your space? We have four estheticians and two aesthetic apprentices, so interns who are currently in school, and they're here to help us out, keep the treatment rooms turned over, help out with sales, things like that. So a total of six, two are going to be um, interns. Got it. And the four estheticians, are they renting a, let's call it a chair, but it's a room is that the model no, where they rent a they room don't. from you or no, how does it they work? they don't. So like you said, it's very competitive in this space and the ways in which we as an employer keep up with that um, competitiveness is by creating an environment where our employees feel valued and they trust us and they want to stay here. So we can't compete with the big uh, spas who offer benefits and insurance and all those things because we are still very, very small business. So they are hourly. Um, and the way that that works is they ah, get their hourly rate no matter how many customers they see. That's not the case with our uh, competitors. Other employers will have either you'll pay a, like a booth rent or you'll get a commission mm-hmm. and it's only paid out based off of how many customers you see. So if there's a day where nobody is being seen in the spa, then that employee does not get paid, but we're right. busy and blessed. <laughs> so, but, so you are, so you're booked busy and blessed and you have people working hourly. We do. Yeah. And so the problem you're trying to solve, I'm trying to understand because it sounds like if you're booked and busy, let's say you've got four estheticians, how many people do they see oh, per day? Yeah. Ish? Let me, okay, you're right. Let me paint the picture for you. We're a small studio. We have two treatment rooms, four estheticians. Got it. We're open yep. five days a week. We see about 10 average clients a day, both estheticians. Wow. 10 clients a day in two treatment rooms. And the problem is, our space um, is definitely a problem that I've identified is how do we maximize the use of our space? And then also, how do we get to a point where we look at what it looks like to expand our operations, maybe into multiple locations? Interesting. Okay. So before you expand into multiple locations, like this one location has to be super profitable. Like you have to be busting Mm -hmm. at the seams. So is the location itself profitable or not yet? Yes, the location is profitable, Karen. You know, I have to be honest. I think that I'm so invested in my company, uh, just in general. Uh, We've been profitable since six months of operations. The, The space is profitable. So at the end of the day, you see, you know, let's call it 10 people a day, five days a week. So that's 50 customers a week and they're getting treatments and then hopefully they're buying product as well. Right. So the math on a brick and mortar, Mm. it's just hard. As you know, duh, Mm. it's so much harder. So it's really about getting as many people in that door as possible or selling a ton of stuff online, which is really hard to do, quite frankly. People think it's easy to sell stuff online. They put up a beautiful website and they're like, everyone's going to buy stuff. It's so it's hard. And you also need like a customer acquisition strategy for online sales. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like your hair salon. You I've been married to Jackie, my hair woman for 
18 yep. years since my son was born. And whenever I go in there, and she's not selling me, but she's got products I can't find at CVS that I need for my old ass hair. So she's like, you need this, this, and this. And when you're done, you'll replenish and blah, blah, blah. So it's almost like building up that loyal customer base who you know is going to come in. You know, it's different for hair because I go in every freaking three weeks for a single mm-hmm. process to get rid of the yep. grays because, again, vanity. Hi. My, the V stands for vanity. Um, so I get a single and then I get every few months I'll get like a balayage or some highlights and then I got to get a haircut. So I'm in there like constantly, yep. which really is a problem. But she's locked me in. So my oh, lifetime yeah. value, my LTV as a customer is high. If Jackie has, I don't know, 100 customers a month and they're like me, we're like we're coming in and in and in and we're buying stuff and blah. She's rolling in it. So mm. I feel like it's it, you need to get to there. Yeah. Yeah. You need to get to there where you have a reason for people to need to come in every month. And and it's hard with facials. And I'll, I'll tell you, like, I'm in your demo. I want great skin. Yeah. And I'm happy to pay for it. And I want to vibe and I want to, like, hang out. The question becomes, how do we get your customers to become diehard regulars who are going to be booked every month for their treatment? And need to replenish on specific products every whatever it is, three months. Yeah. Is that a, is this resonating at all? Yeah, this resonates deep. You know, I think just listening to the example of hair, again, we, we can't go anywhere <laughs> without that hair being right, you know? That's been ingrained in us, all women really, since since childhood, you know? It's just like, come on, it's the first thing you wake up in the morning, it's time to do your hair before you go outside. And I think mm-hmm. that the hair industry um, often has that just like that innate ritual built in as a part of their business model because they know the people need their hair done. Most people don't even get their first facial until they're 27. They didn't grow up with mm-hmm. this diehard skincare regimen. So a lot of what we do is we're recreating narratives and we're re-educating people um, while at the same time trying to turn them into these lifetime value customers. So I do, I think you, you, you bring up a really good point. And I think I would pose that question back to myself to be, you know, how can we turn these customers thought processes of how to prioritize their skin just as much as they prioritize their hair? Um, and I yes. think that's definitely something that, you know, I should sit in and, 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 and strategize through. Yes. To be candid, like, I don't know if anything's going to compete with hair. Oh, no. Right? Right. But so I had a couple thoughts. I, I mean, I've thought from day one that I can't or I fund women as our organization. We can't solve the funding gap problem alone. Mm-hmm. It's a huge, massive systemic problem. And I've always looked out for, quote unquote, like sister companies that are doing something similar that we can join up with mm. because there's power in numbers. And I believe there's all the seats at the table for women entrepreneurs, period. So the way I look at my competition is like, yes, your competition. But to me, the mission of getting money into the hands of entrepreneurs far outweighs yeah. This idea of iPhone women being like the brand that wins and blah. I agree. So I wonder if there is another skincare company in Austin. It doesn't have to be in East Austin where you are, but mm-hmm. just in general that you know about that shares your values that you might think about combining with. Mm. Okay. It's a thought. 
It's I a like thought it. because it just gets so expensive it when is. you open up multiple locations. It is. It's incredibly expensive. Have you thought about partnering? You know, I haven't. I haven't thought about partnering at all. Um, I think that's something that I could be open to exploring what that may look like. Um, and if I'm being very candid, to my knowledge, in regards to the capacity of a business that I've built, I am one of the only Black-owned skincare studios in central Austin. And mm-hmm. a lot of the other studios, I feel that sometimes their founders are not as approachable, um, not as uh, welcoming yeah. to, you yes. know. You don't to, say. Yeah, yeah. And, you, you know, don't I, say. <laughs> I would love to, I fully believe in, you know, collaborating as well. And I would love to think that there would be some mentorship and some guidance and even just, you know, some support from these larger organizations who already do have uh, brand exposure and they're just viable businesses that people know and recognize. Um, I would hope that, you know, there would be some space for us to collaborate. And I'm into the whole collaborate over competition, but I just don't think that uh, within the community here, it's, I don't think it's a two-way street sometimes, but I have no problem showing up, knocking on a door, calling and picking up a phone um, because, you know, I am a go-getter and I do get what I want, but I have not considered a partnership. And I think that, you know, planting that seed, I may just have to take initiative on that. And I may just have to be the person to say, hey, you know, I I really enjoy the landscape, the dynamic of your business. And I think that, you know, we could be better, more powerful together. Yes. You know, that is something that I should definitely give some more thought to and figure out ways in which we can partner. Because, again, I don't see a lot of the quote unquote competition as competition either. For me, I yeah. just see them as worthy rivals in, of sorts. You yeah. Know, somebody to be aware so of. So can I ask a question about the demo? So are you focused on black and brown women specifically or people specifically, or are you just the only black owned, more high end skincare company uh, in Austin? No. So, you know, what's so interesting is um, we never set out to be the place that focuses on black and brown skin. But I think that, you know, just from your experience, even with your platform on iPhone Women, the culture is going to stick together. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Yep. They're going to show up. And what it is, it's just it's this shared experience, you know. And I think that because a black or brown person may walk into our studio and see not only so many black and brown people who work here, but a black Mm -hmm. or brown founder and they may, it resonates with them. So it's easy. It's it's an easy process for our black and brown clients to say, hey, like I trust this. They likely have been through the same type of skin experiences as me. And this is where I want to go. I love it. I, I think that's great. You own that market. Like that's phenomenal. Okay, so here's another thought. Do you know Kim Roxy from Lameek? Yes, yes. She's on my radar. Yeah. Love her brand. Love her brand. Meghan Markle is now using her brow kit. It's in her bag, which is like so amazing. She's in Houston, so nowhere near Austin. But it just got me thinking. So Kim, for about 15 years, had a brick and mortar. She was the brow lady and she was booked and busy. And now she's got her own line of brow products She's in Ulta Mm. Beauty and she is a beauty tech company where she's matching your exact skin tone with different makeup. Mm. Okay. What it got me thinking of is what is another service Mm. that you could potentially bring in 
that will bring in more traffic of the exact right audience you're looking for that is that is the golden question karen so when i set out to build element i wanted to be and this goes back to my nursing career and as a nurse in the er you have to know a little bit about a whole lot of shit that's going to walk in that door and i didn't want to be that person i didn't want to be i didn't want to spread my knowledge so far across all these different spectrums that I couldn't hone in on that one thing. So when I started Element, I did actually a lot of research as well on the dry bar concept. And I loved, loved, loved the fact that I, as a, as, a, as a human, could have an incredible amount of knowledge about one thing and do that one thing really, 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 really well. And yep. when I set out to build Element, I set out to become the destination for facials. We even don't sell body care products. Everything that we sell in our store, everything that we do in our studio is for face. And I think that now, like you just mentioned, you just asked me this question. It's also something that I've thought about because how do you stay true to that value and to becoming that destination of a space, but then also expanding within that, but without disrupting your values. Um, And I think that there's definitely opportunity, but I just can't like personally wrap my head around becoming every other spa because that's what every other spa does. They offer hair. I think that's They offer brows. They offer, you know, they offer all these things. They become this one-stop shop. And if I'm being entirely honest, you know, I have been sitting with this. I have been thinking about what does it look like to bring in other services? So I go back to, again, everything I built this business off of was to challenge the spa industry and to really get people more comfortable with themselves and feeling excited about their health excited about their wellness, excited about what skincare meant for them. And for me, I think I'm to the point where I am considering expanding on that vision more so than expanding our service offerings. So I'm considering, and you tell me, Karen, you know, tell me, you know, with your expertise and with your experience, is this maybe a lane that I should entertain? So not so much services, but how can we expand maybe digitally to really just create more conversations around the education piece when it comes to skincare? Remember, we talked about when you're a child, the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is you do your hair. So when you're a 40-year-old woman, first thing you think of is I got to get my hair girl scheduled every two weeks. So how do we start to create more conversations to reach more people to just start to develop some more rituals and more um, excitement around how to make skincare and self-care more a part of our identities earlier on in life versus a woman getting her first facial at 27 like the research says i mean i you are a crusader for skin i love it i mean i love the passion i love that you want to do one thing well coming from google that's Mm -hmm. what they ingrained in our heads like do one thing and be amazing at it so Mm -hmm. shantavia i'm not going to talk you out of that i think that's i loved hearing you say that i really it's it's so rare where I get an entrepreneur on this podcast and they are solely focused on being an expert in one thing, mm-hmm. a true expert. So first of all, hats off to you. Thank you. Like so much respect. And I'm not going to try to talk you out of that. The challenge is there's a lot of competition in the space, yeah. in your area. Clearly, 
you are doing the right things. What I'm trying to think through is how you grow when, let's face it, facials have always been seen as this luxury thing. Oh, like yeah. you, I give my mother a facial for her birthday yeah. or for Mother's Day. It's like a gift. It's a treat. Yeah. It's a self-care moment. It's not a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. No. And I think the question you're asking is like, how can you make this yes. a lifestyle? That, exactly. Have you thought about potentially doing a small, like, private teacher training or not teacher training, but like, there's money to be made there? Karen, yes. Yes. I have actually thought about this, but it was only a thought in my mind for like a minute. And I have not given it any deeper thought but the fact that you who I idolize and who I appreciate your feedback is bringing this up again it validates that it may be something that I need to spend more time with I have I have thought about that it's like how do we how do we educate first of all not just the consumer but the professionals who are responsible for teaching those consumers how to go about that thing and that thing is skincare yes yeah, you I think could that's be great. I'm, the I'm place so where notes. every esthetician gets their training and they've got the element certification, Yep, which is no joke. And yeah. they can go work wherever they go work wherever, but they're they're getting their certification from you. Yeah, that's a then, massive moneymaker. You know, there's also opportunity there um, just to even dig deeper is to be able to reach more people and offer that digitally, you know, so not even. So can you get the spot. training digitally? Like, for real. So what does it take to become an esthetician? Yeah, you go to beauty school. It's anywhere from six months to one year, depending on how how, um, your schedule is set up. And you train in the classroom and you get some theory and you're just going over the logic of skin. And then you transition into a spa setting where you're getting some hands-on experience or clinical experience, if you will, um, so that you can put everything together that you've learned and be able to give that full service. Um, There is a little bit of a missing piece in regards to business. Um in the beauty school setting, but you learn the basics that you need to know in order to be able to support the skin, um, know the education and knowledge behind the skin and how to physically manipulate the skin. Yep. And then most people go work at a spa. Okay. This is, this is a massive opportunity. What certifications would you need to become a teacher? I haven't looked too deeply into that, but I believe in order to become an instructor for like a beauty school Well, one, I would need to have a certain amount of hours of training as an esthetician and potentially take some type of course that would award me a certification to be an aesthetics instructor. So you got me thinking here now. You got me thinking about. Yes, I'm thinking do I'm thinking do it because you are going to be the studio school for every aspiring modern esthetician Mm -hmm. in Austin. Mm -hmm. And there are tons. Yeah. And. By you investing in that certification or you investing in your training, that is a freaking moneymaker, dude. So let's just say you do Wednesday through Saturday, Mm -hmm. uh, 12 to 5. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. You can do this. I mean, you've got plenty of other days in the week. School's in session, you know, Mondays and Tuesdays or whatever. Like, you got plenty of time and you've got the space. Yeah. And how much do you pay for beauty school? Um, I think the average is about 10 grand. Oh, my God. Well, the thing about that, so I think if I were to do it, I would have to do some kind of postgraduate program. It's a lot of legalities and a lot of legislation that comes into creating actual school. But if we were to do some type of postgraduate, 
graduate like certification to hone in maybe on the clean beauty aspect, which is not talked about enough in the actual esthetician programs. I think that could definitely be an opportunity to kind of give them more of a niche, to give them support after school, because a lot of uh, estheticians, they don't feel supported when they leave school. They don't feel prepared, believe it or not, when they leave this program. So oh, I, think, I believe it. Yeah, I think some kind of postgraduate uh, certification may be, again, you know, in thinking about scaling, you want to use as limited resources as possible. So creating a entire beauty school would be a lot more incredibly difficult than maybe just creating some type of uh, postgraduate program. So I really, really like where this conversation I couldn't went. agree more. Yeah. I could not agree more. And again, you start with exactly what you know, and you start small, and you test it. I, I love this for you. I absolutely love it because you have this knowledge bank in your head, and you're so passionate about it that you're not going to be derailed by like the brows and this and that. No. You're like, not yeah, for me. You're right. Tunnel I vision. know everything about <laughs> clean beauty, and sp- good, but good. I'm glad you put your foot down, and I love that. And you have this wealth of of clinical knowledge about mm-hmm. the clean beauty space on your face that you that nobody's getting in regular esthetician school. Yeah. How do you get them the minute they either enroll in beauty school? Yeah. How many years is it? It's six months to one year. It's not long at all. Oh wow. Yeah. So you want to get them like right when they enroll, almost like market to those folks to say like, hey, amazing. You're going to beauty school. Like good for you. Mm. You are going to need a serious master class or a graduate degree in clean facials. That's right. And so when you're done here, you're going to come over here. It's a whatever. Six week certification, hands on, in studio, in class from me. And it's $5,000 or 2,500, whatever, you know, you'll have to play with the pricing, but this is a, this is awesome. Like you could make a bunch of extra money. Yeah. I like that. Actually. I think, you know, that's a, um, it's definitely a great idea. I'm happy we're having this conversation and kind of talking through it because it's something that popped up a long time ago and, you know, self-doubt creeps in when you're, I'm still a new entrepreneur. I've been in this for three years, but I'm still pretty new. So you, you, you get the whole imposter syndrome, self-doubt sets in. And you're like, you can't do all the things, Shantavia. But, you know, honestly, recently I've gotten to a point where I'm like, yes, you can. You can do all the things. You deserve all the things. You are worthy of all the things. Like you were put in this position to be a catalyst for change. And if you don't use this platform that you have right now, you're just going to miss that opportunity. And it's nothing more expensive than a missed opportunity. So I think that <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I need to do it. Oh, this. my I God. I feel like shit. I need you to be my co-host on this thing. <laughs> I'm serious. Come co-host with me one day. That. I would love that. Oh, Karen. my God. You've Seriously. got all the sayings. You've like, got all the... You got honestly. it all. I'm like, I just sit back and like let Shantavia do her thing. Like she knows. <laughs> no, honestly, I, I have so much gratitude for you and just the whole platform that you've built with iPhone Women. It is incredibly, and you know this because you built the platform, but it's incredibly difficult for women to raise money, especially black women. And I think what resonates with me so much with what you do, yes, you are a digital platform. Yes, you help women raise money, but you provide opportunity. You provide opportunity for people. And it's not only an opportunity to help people raise money, but it's an opportunity to help that founder visualize and reach their full potential. 
And when you, when somebody taps into like that level of self-awareness, they can be unstoppable. Karen, you are creating monsters in the best way (laughs) through iPhone women. And I stand so much for y'all. Every woman is in my sphere. And you can imagine, I get a ton of, I will say mentees, um, who I help coach through business decisions. And every time we have these conversations, I always bring up iPhone women. I'm like, you need to get on iPhone women and you need to raise because you need a community of support. You need to, you need to be able to do these things, reach this goal so you can go out there and achieve your goals. And at this point, I'm just like a bootleg board member. So. (laughs) Oh my God. A bootleg. I I stand for y'all for real. I stand right with you too, my friend. Honestly, that was very kind and thank you. And I, and and this, this is important. You know, it's like too often entrepreneurs, especially like myself, you know, small black businesses, brick and mortars in a city that is predominantly white and ran by tech bros. We don't get enough support. We don't get enough support. So this, this conversation that we just had, it can change the trajectory of not only my business, but the people who I have impact on in my community. And that is invaluable. So thank you. Well, you are making me blush over here. So you're very kind. And also raising money is important and all of that. But what the the special part about iPhone Women, and I think this is what I was sort of talking about before, it's the coaching and it's the yeah. it's the access to opportunities, whether it's yep. with brands or press or whatever it is. It's like we're not just this machine. We're humans that I'm like, oh, we've got this opportunity, you know, with such and such a brand like Shantavia would be great for it. Let me see if they're interested. You know, we're doing a lot of connecting, which actually we're trying to build some products around because mm-hmm. it's becoming harder for us to know everybody on the platform. Like I yeah. know you because I remember yeah. you yep. because yep. you yep. were there a while ago yep. when we were, you know, a lot smaller. It's yeah. been a minute. But I want that same level of attention Mm. paid to the newer members because they deserve that too. And that's kind of our brand promise. But that's enough about us. I mean, thank you for those nice, kind words. (laughs) When we came into this conversation, I was thinking to myself as I was preparing, I was like, okay, we could talk about digital marketing. We could talk about Instagram. We could talk about all that stuff. But that stuff is labor and delivery, girl. Like Mm -hmm. that stuff is so, Mm -hmm. it's so much work. And selling things online is hard. Mm -hmm. And so that's not the route we need to take here. We need to think way bigger. And I love that we really honed in on, and you always knew this, but I'm glad that I got the opportunity to hear from you that you're like, you are all about the clean skin facials and educating people on their face health, their skin health, their derm health. And you are the go-to for black and brown people. It's not that white people can't go there and white people Mm -hmm. should go there. It's just that there hasn't been a fabulous place where you see yourself in the practitioners, you see yourself in the founder. And that is so freaking meaningful. Mm -hmm. So I really, really love this route for you of becoming a teacher trainer. Uh, we just, we, I'm going to cry. This is what you need to do. You know it. You know, something, thank you. And something that, um, that really, uh, impacted me really early on, um, when I was trying to figure out, you know, all these things, I'm a dreamer, you know, and I will dream up some, I will dream up something really quick. And what I realized was this, that very early on, the things that I aspire 
and the space between those aspirations and the things that I actually do is the ability to execute. And I have been sitting in that and just really moving through what it looks like to actually execute on some shit. And that has been my secret sauce. Work hard, be consistent, mm. and execute. Or else it'll just be a dream forever. That is, I mean, that is, that's a mic drop if I ever heard one. Shantavia, thank you so much for being on the iPhone Women Show. You are amazing. I can't wait to hear about the school and all the packages you're building and all the things you're doing. I just can't thank you enough for spending time with us. So thank you. Thank you. Well. I appreciate it. All right. See you guys next time. Bye.